you're listening to Misfits, a podcast that inspires young adults like me to find Jesus and figure this thing called life out. My name is Kristen Douglas, and I'm best known for nothing as of yet. However, I will be sitting down to talk about Jesus and the struggles and beauty of being a youngster in Christ. What's up? It's your girl Kristen and I'm back in the cut with episode two of the Misfits podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode and I just want to thank all of y'all for tuning in to last week's episode and showing so much love and support. The love and the support was crazy and I am so thankful and I was just so surprised at how many people was actually there and actually wanted the message and how how much the message actually did something for y'all and all honor and glory goes to God um man can we take a moment to just praise God real quick God has been good even in the midst of darkness God is still our light and he has been good since I dropped my last episode which was episode episode one I've been going through so much y'all and it's crazy because, you know, sometimes you wouldn't imagine yourself being in these type of predicaments like I was speaking on the episode one, but I surely was going through it. And the enemy had me feeling like I needed to postpone this episode till next week or whenever I was ready to produce this message. But God has made a way for me to be able to be here to speak to whoever you are on the end of this podcast and give you the word that God wants you to hear. And Man, God has been good. I kept asking God, what do you want me to talk about in episode two? You know, what do you want your people to hear? And God has led me to the very message that he wants me to bring to y'all. And you know what? This is a very important message. I think everybody needs to hear this. From the rich to the poor, the tall, the short, the black, the white, everyone. No matter who you are, I think everyone needs to hear this. The Christians the non-believers, everybody. And I just want to thank God for bringing me this message. (sighs) So the Lord wants me to talk about the direct path to eternity. And now, you know, we know that Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get to the Father except through him in John 14, 6. We know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he gave us the gift of salvation, you know? In his word, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's from Romans 10, 9. And, you know, hearing that, a lot of us feel like, you know, oh, if I just confess with my mouth, if I go in front of a crowd in the church and I say this prayer, I repeat after the pastor, I'm saved and I'm definitely going to heaven. And... Honestly, it is is not that simple. It don't really work like that. And it's it's a it's a it's a crazy truth. And um a few days ago I was asked this question, how can Christians really go to hell, you know? And why are so many people going to go to hell? And it made me realize that being a Christian is way deeper than just going to church and reading your Bible and praying. And throughout this week, God kept bringing me to the realization to make it into heaven is a narrow road. 
that was literally the first thing I res the the first the first thing I responded. How I the first I'm stumbling, but that's how I responded to the person that asked me that question, and I just kept telling them like it's such a narrow road, and I didn't even know it was biblical. I didn't even know it was in the Bible. And in the Bible, it says, enter by the narrow gate for the wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who are who go in it by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And that's in Matthew seven thirteen. And let me tell you something. God kept revealing this verse to me back to back. The same message to me through TikTok, YouTube people around me, people going on TikTok live, like God kept showing me and I was just so shocked because I don't know if anybody has ever seen this image, but there's, there's this illustration of two paths and everyone is going on this one path. That's where the crowd is going. And on the other path, one person or just a few people are on the other path. And that's exactly how our walk with Christ is going to be. We're always going to go against the grain. We're always going to be the outcast. Hallelujah. We're always going to be the misfits for Christ. Um, misfits means a person whose behavior or attitude sets them apart from others in an uncomfortable, conspicuous way. You know, it's uncomfortable at times. It's uncomfortable to get in front of a country that is pro-choice when you are pro-life because of the God you believe in. It's uncomfortable to turn down the group of friends that's always clubbing. It's uncomfortable to be alone because of the friend group you had aren't bearing any fruit of the spirit. But regardless of how uncomfortable it may feel, we have to be obedient to God. As a Christian, we have to live a life completely for God, not just a hundred percent, but a thousand percent. We can't only incorporate Christ in certain parts of our lives. Sunday shouldn't be the only day we are in our word, we are praying, or we are spending time with God. The Bible says for us to pray without ceasing in First Thessalonians five seventeen. And in the Bible it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves in James 1.22. So I'm, you may be sitting here thinking, why are so many people going to go to hell? And how can I make sure I'm not a part of that group? And that is, those are two very great questions. So from my studies and what God has brought me to realize is that there's this list of what I realized of how, why, why these, why so many people are going to go to hell. And my list is one, the lack of knowledge, no fear of God, being lukewarm, no real relationship, don't believe in God, disobedience, and sin. And a lot of these things, you know, kind of are the same thing. They kind of work together, but... That is the list that I came up with. So let's break. Let me break down each individual for you guys to understand. So lack of knowledge. You don't read your word. How will you ever know who God is, who you are, or the standards God created us to live by if you don't read your Bible? 
it's like how can you expect yourself to pass a test if you don't study now i know many of us have had times where we don't study we go inside that classroom and we shoot a little prayer up and you like god please just spot me this one time god if you if you make me pass this test god i promise i'll never do this again and you know we god works it out first and we end up passing the test but that's not how it works with God. That's not how it works when it comes to eternity. We can't just Christmas tree our way into heaven. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will always forget your children. Um, and that's in uh, Hosea 4.6. Literally, that, that's coming out of God's word. That's coming out of his mouth. And the Bible says all scripture is bred out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. Second Timothy three, sixteen to seventeen. I've heard so many times that the Bible is written by men. The Bible is written by men. Who else is supposed to be written by? Who else? God has used these men to write this word. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John 1.1. So, if God is the word, that means the word is powerful. The word is our pretension against the, the attacks and the lies of the enemy. The word is our sword of the spirit. It's our armor. The, the Bible says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Ephesians 6, 17. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the divi di division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of heart. Hebrews 4, 12. When the enemy comes to you with the temptations and traps and lies, the only way you can fight him off is with the word of God because the word of God is God and the enemy will always flee because the Bible is the living truth and the devil's a liar so when the enemy comes to you with these lies of like you are ugly you say according to the word I am fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalms 139 14 if the enemy says God will never love you and he will never forgive you, you're too far gone, you say. But God shows his love for us and, and that while we, we were still sinners, but Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. If the enemy tempts you with pornography, masturbation, drinking, and other sins, you say, come on. And he, and he says, come on, and it won't hurt you if you just do this one time. I know plenty of times we've, we've been tempted. And the enemy is like, come on, bro. You do it this one time, you, you know, nothing's going to happen. You gonna, you do it this one time, you feel good. And when you feel convicted, you're just going to shoot a prayer to God and be like, God, forgive me. You know, you're going to be straight. I know we had plenty of prayers, like not prayers. We have, we had plenty of temptations like that. And you literally say, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
The word is what we use to get us in alignment with God and help us bring people to Christ. The word is our protection. And every time you deal with the lies of the enemy and you use the word for your protection, the enemy will always flee from you because the word is the living truth. And the enemy is a liar. Okay? The second one is lack of fear. You you lack the fear of God. Just like when our parents or grandparents growing up, they tell us not to do something, we make sure that we don't do it because we know we're going to get disciplined. We're scared of them. And that's the same way it should be with God. In order to have that fear of God, we need to stay in our word. It goes back to step it goes back to step one. But once we fear God, it keeps us disciplined. It teaches us how to be obedient. The fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's in Proverbs 1 7. We shouldn't be scared to go to him when we do sin because he is loving and gracious and and um he's he's gracious and forgiving. But he's also the father who disciplines. We must fear his power and his wrath because he doesn't need us. We need him. The third one is lukewarm, not having a real relationship. Being lukewarm, honestly, is the worst thing you can be. The Lord strongly dislikes a hypocrite. You can't be a Christian but doing worldly things. You can't be a Christian and into horoscopes. No, it don't work. You can't be a Christian and you believe in having crystals for your protection. No. How can you believe in crystals for your protection, but yet you believe God is your protector? It contradicts. You can't be a Christian you're getting drunk. You're smoking weed. The Bible literally speaks on being sober-minded. You can't be a Christian in clubbing. It's not good witness. The, 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 the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in those type of places. You can't be a Christian in... D- Dibble and dabble in laziness, porn, sex before marriage. Y'all know the rest. God in the word goes against this strongly. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out my mouth. Revelation 3.16. This is God saying, you cannot serve the world and him. You can't. God is a jealous God. You can't serve two masters. The Bible literally says no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. That's Matthew 6, 24. You living for both is like you is like you're cheating in a relationship. You're cheating on God. There's no real commitment. There's no real love. If you really love God, if your love for God was real, you would you would follow his rules. You will obey him. You will be in alignment, right? The third one is that you just flat out don't believe. This is an obvious one. If you don't believe at all for whatever reason that Jesus is king of kings, that he died on the cross, you know where you're going. You may think if there's a great place after life, whether you call it quote-unquote heaven, you might think, I'll still make it in because I was a good person on earth. And I'm here to let you know, you sadly mistaken. It's not up to our standards because we are all sinners. We were born into sin. We are always going to sin. We are, we are not perfect. 
right? And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that's the famous John three sixteen, right? <sighs> Last but not least, we got the big S word. And that's sin. We are sinners. We don't deserve nothing but hell. We were born into sin. In the Bible it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's in Romans 6.23. We cannot enter the kingdom of God and we have not repented of our sins. We must believe that Jesus is truly king and that he could forgive us for our sins. So yes, to enter in the kingdom of God, heaven, we have to confess with our mouth that Jesus is king and that we have to believe that God rose him from the dead. But we must then, key word, we must then establish a relationship with God while we're here on this earth. A relationship with consistent communication and honesty, which is prayer. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Pray when you wake up. Pray when you're having a hard time. Pray when you're having a good day. Pray when you're alone. Pray pray when you're not alone. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for your enemies. Pray when you're about to go to sleep. A relationship where we get to know who he is more and what type of life he wants us to live through reading our word and prayer. How can you be in a relationship with someone and you don't talk to them at all? Some of us be talking about you know, when we're in that talking stage and you go a day without texting me, it's over. But yet we be going days, weeks, months without talking talking to God. And as soon as we hit a rock, a, a, a rock in our life, that's when we finally talk to God after all those many years. Or after after that long period of time. And by reading the word... And praying, we establish fear, and then it will create obedience. It's impossible not to sin, but as Christian, you will sin less. We have to stay in consistent repentance and ask for deliverance. We have to have a real relationship with God. Religion doesn't get you into heaven. A relationship with Jesus does. In Matthew seven twenty one to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, your workers of lawlessness. That just goes to show just because you know who God is, just because you've done things in his name, doesn't mean that you had a relationship with him. Imagine a stranger coming to your house, knocking on your door, right? Knock, knock. And you open the door and you're like, hello? You're confused. You're like, you don't know who this is. And they say, hey. I want to come in your house and I want to live here. And you know, of course, you're going to be like, um, I'm sorry. 
I don't know who you are, so you definitely cannot live with me. Versus a good friend of yours who comes knocking at your door. And they're like, let me live with you, man. Um, Of course, you're going to more... You're going to you're going to say yes to them before you say yes to a stranger because of the relationship you have with them. That's exactly how it works with God. You can't expect to when you get in front of God on judgment day, you're like, "God, I was a good person. Let me into heaven. I I deserve heaven." God going to look at you and like, "But we never had no relationship. You're a stranger to me." So why should you live with me? I don't know you. Depart from me. So build that bond with God. Build that relationship with him. Now I know it's not easy. It's extremely hard. And I'm speaking from experience. This walk with Christ is going to take sometimes blood. It's going to take sweat. It's going to take tears. It's going to take faith as small as a mustard seed. It's uncomfortable sometimes. Sometimes God's going to tell you, hey, walk up to that person and tell them I love you. You could be like, God, what? I'm too shy for that. What if they turn around and they knock me in my in my face? Or God's going to say, give up give up your car and donate and or donate your car. You'll be like, God, huh? I need my car. We have to have faith. It's uncomfortable. It takes a lot of tears, a lot of breaking and mending. It's, it takes a lot of patience. It's a lot of trials and disappointment. Sometimes you'll just wanna take a break and go live to and go live your go live your life for yourself and do what you want to do. Sometimes we, we may we're gonna backslide. Sometimes we might end up being lukewarm. But we have to remember we aren't on this earth to live for ourselves. We are here to live for Christ because He died for us. We have to keep chasing Jesus. So keep that verse, Matthew 7, 13 in mind. It is a narrow road. Only few, the Bible says, only few will find it. But Jesus didn't promise that this walk would be easy. He promised he will never leave nor forsake us. If you feel like this right now, you feel like you have backslid so much. You've been too busy for God or you've been living for yourself and you want to dedicate or even rededicate. Say this prayer with me, but mean it. Be honest with yourself. You're talking to God. You know, you're not talking to the empty room or to your phone. You're not talking to me. You're talking to God. So mean it with your heart and repeat after me. Jesus, I am so sorry. I'm sorry for the things I've done against you. I'm sorry for the things I've put before you. I'm sorry that I've been living for the world and myself and not you. And I come here today to ask forgiveness for my sins, Lord. I believe that you are the kings of kings and the lords of lords. And that on the third day, God rose you up from the grave and you defeated death. Thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness, God. Thank you for never leaving me and not forsaking me, God. I'm coming back to you, Lord, like the prodigal son. Here I am, Lord. I want to be saved. And I thank you for your salvation, Lord. I want to be your child. 
I want you to use me. I want to be a vessel in your kingdom, God. And I thank you for continuously seeking me out, God. Here I am today making this confession out of my mouth. Here I am believing that you are truly the King of kings and the Lords of lords, God. And I pray this in your mighty and holy name. Amen. If you just said that prayer, I just want to say congratulations. We serve a God that is a good God. No word, no adjective can describe how good he is. And if you said that prayer with every ounce of your heart, the word says that right now in heaven, the angels are rejoicing because you have dedicated your life to Christ. This moment in your life, use it for God. Jesus died for us, so it's only right that we live for him. We live for him. When you when you get in front of God, you want God to look at you and smile and say, I know who you are. I know exactly who you are. I know every single, I've heard every single prayer you said to me. I've seen every single thing that you've done to me. You were obedient to me. I remember our conversations. You talked to me. You listened to me. You were in my word. You know who I am and I know who you are. That's, that is the conversation I desire when I meet my creator and, his, and we're face to face. And so should you. So stick close to God. He is your best friend. He's your father. Stick close to God. And he will stick close to you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast and to join the Misfits family. Also to get updates on our latest episodes. Follow us on our socials on Instagram and TikTok at Miss underscore fit podcast. And that's spelled M-I-S underscore F-I-T-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Don't forget to share. Blessings.